My father, mother, and grandmother grew up in Italy, not far from one another in fact, and they left that country soon after the end of the Second World War. My parents were married in America, far apart in age, but linked by heritage and language and the strong twine of fate. I should say, too, here at the start, that I have always been a strange soul. I am mellow and quieter now, more sure of my destiny and purpose. But as a child, I was feisty and sometimes troublesome, the kind of girl who fought with boys and argued with teachers. I had a few close friends, but also a natural inclination toward solitude, not exactly an Italian-American tradition. We're a gregarious people, fond of social clubs and the hairdresser, card games, big families, meals with cousins and aunts. Not me. In high school and college, I never even had a boyfriend. Not a real boyfriend in any case. Part of that was because of an intense shyness about romantic relationships that for many years fit over my head and shoulders tight as upholstery. And part of it was simply the fact that I considered myself unattractive, though I hoped one day to have a husband and though I always wanted very badly to bear and raise a child, I was sure for a long time that those things would never happen. I grew up on Tapley Avenue in the small city of Revere, Massachusetts, which sits along the shore at the northern end of the subway line from Boston. Revere has a nice beach, fine gray sand and smooth stones, but the rest of the city is a modest territory of close-set houses and crowded streets. It has always been a place that welcomed new Americans, and when my parents first settled in Revere as newlyweds, there were a lot of Italian, Irish, and Jewish families there. Later, those families were replaced by waves of newer immigrants, people from Cambodia and Somalia, Guatemala, Ethiopia, Brazil, But we stayed on, my father and grandmother and I. Our new neighbors watched the soccer channel in Portuguese or wired money to Mogadishu. There were halal stores on the corner where once you could buy mortadella and real Genoa salami. Friends' families fled to the suburbs. We stayed on. From the time I was a little girl, living a ten-minute walk from St. Anthony's Church, I started to have what I thought of at first as spells. Visions would be another word for them, though that sounds pretentious. And to me, those experiences were as familiar and ordinary as the peeling paint on the house across the street. Whenever those spells or visions came over me, I'd feel like I was being carried away on an internal wind, a kite lifting up rocking and tilting and sailing happily there out of reach of the everyday world. It was like traveling inside my mind to another planet. Maybe that's why I was so content for so long with my plain exterior life, with our simple routine. No trips, no adventure, no romance. We had a small backyard, a swing set there when I was very young, and then later, an oval swimming pool above ground. My father, fifty-three years and one month old on the day I was born, worked as a mechanic in the garage where the MBTA buses were repaired, and my grandmother worked at home, 
cooking and cleaning, gardening and praying. She was, or seemed to be, an unspectacular soul. Not particularly beautiful, not rich or famous, not well-educated. No one who would stand out in a crowd. But I always felt that she and I were linked at the heart, that God had spun us out of the same dust and blood and set us down together for some good purpose. Nana, I used to call her, though the Italian word for grandmother is actually nonna. And as a young girl, I spent hours and hours with her, conversing in two languages at the kitchen table, watching her prepare meals, eventually, like all old-world girls, learning to sew, clean, and cook. She was short and round, with a bun of gray hair and beautiful green eyes, an unselfish woman who denied herself many pleasures.